I have to connect the dots. <laughs> because, you know, when you're amongst the people that hear God and when you're a place where God's presence is present, things start popping. Things start cracking. The voice of God starts happening. Uh, th does it not blow your mind that God, I mean, uh, it still blows my mind that God's real. Like, I mean, it blows my mind <laughs> that God is real. It blows my mind that he loves me. <laughs> like, we, we, we don't need any fresh revelation. <laughs> we can stay in the revelation that God loves us and live there for the rest of our life and be enamored by the love of God. Totally and completely enamored. And so I am enamored. <laughs> And, 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 and I don't have to not be enamored. I can stay enamored wherever I go. I can stay enamored whatever I'm doing. And, uh, but man, am I, I'm so passionate. <laughs> I'm passionate about the gospel. <laughs> uh, because, you know, like, really, I, I can, I, I can't, over exaggerate <laughs> i can't like like if i took every emotion that i've had to exaggerate how good the gospel is what good news this is my exact i i don't i can't exaggerate enough to even give it worth worth reddit credit about how amazing the gospel is and uh, and I feel the power of God in my hands. I feel the power of God in my head. <laughs> uh, but I really actually want to teach today. I don't know. <laughs> going to be a miracle. But, uh, but I'm going to do it. And so I have to pee, and I'm not going to pee. I'm going to hold it because, you know, like, I never want to miss anything. Did you ever get in a meeting where, like, you've had to pee and two hours went by and you're like, oh, I still have to pee. But there's still, there's still, God's still in the room. Oh! God's here. I can't pee. You know, those runners, they, like, wear diapers so they don't have to stop running. Right? And so I'm like, God's giving me a supernatural bladder because I'm not missing a thing that God's doing. I'm not missing a thing. Carolyn, would you bring up my whiteboard? And would you bring up our study guides? <laughs> Brett, uh, I love you. Um, tell me something good. I'm going to. <laughs> Oh, uh, what was the song I sent that I woke up to this morning? Does anyone remember it about love? It was, it was really amazing. So anyway, if you guys look, look at me. Eyes right here. How's it go? Come and get your love. Come and get your love. Come and get your love now. Come and get your love. Come and get your love. Come and get your love now. Come and get your love. Come and get your love. Come and get your love now. And the verse, the first verse talks about um, 
the mind. Something about like in your mind, like where where is your mind? And then it says something about the divine. And um, and that really spoke to me because get it. Look, I'm going to be nuts about you guys paying attention because what what I have found is that this gospel is so amazing. Hearing it is so amazing. But when understanding enters, change happens. The Bible says that the entrance of the word brings light and life. And, it, you know, like we got to preach because people have to hear. But when that word enters, change is inevitable. And uh, I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of being stuck, staying stuck. I don't, I don't like people around me being stuck in, in fear. And right now, I command anxiety to leave in Jesus' name. I command fear to go in Jesus' name. I command shame to leave in Jesus' name. And I pray for the perfect love of God to come and cast out all fear and heal all shame pain right now in Jesus' name. And I command shame pain cycles to break now and you do not have to leave this place stuck. Jesus didn't die for us to stay stuck in our shame pain cycles. <laughs> he didn't die for us to stay stuck in our fears. He didn't die for us to stay stuck in our traumas and dramas. He died for us to be changed. And change is inevitable when you understand what Jesus has done. <laughs> I had a nervous breakdown about a year ago, two years ago, and uh, I thought I was really healed, honestly, guys. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've been doing this thing for a little while, and uh, all of a sudden, I guess, something in seasons, God found it, it's time to go deeper. <laughs> And uh, God took that spirit and went deep in me, and uh, I thought I was about to lose my mind. And uh, I had an encounter with Jesus that set me free on an even deeper level. And I said, God, what was that? And he said, you got way too much understanding. And when understanding happens, change has to happen. My body was completely and totally healed. And uh, about a couple months before my body was healed, I started running and working out. And uh, I had been in pain for years and years and years. They said I had ALS. They said I had MS. The doctors told me they didn't know what was wrong with me. I spent fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 on medical bills. And no one could tell me anything except for something's wrong. You're dying. Your muscles are dying. Your body's withering away. And I fasted and I prayed. I threw myself into all the faith, faith teachings. Those are awesome, by the way. Uh, we are led by the Spirit. And, uh, but I went after it with everything in my own ability. And the Lord started to touch me. And I started to run again. And uh, the Lord gave me a promise that I would run again. I love to run. And I started running. And the Lord said, all right, Bo. Now I'm going to heal you fully. I want you to, I, I stopped eating sugar too. 
And, uh, and I started running again, and I was like, I can feel the healing power of God working through my body. And the Lord said, all right, now I'm going to heal you completely, and I want you to stop running and start eating sugar because when I heal you completely, I don't want you to put a formula on my healing because the gospel is not a formula. <laughs> you can't formula the gospel. The gospel is a free gift. <laughs> it's a free gift from heaven. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. As soon as you try to behave for it, you actually get thrown back into the old system that will keep you stuck in your shame pain cycles. If you could behave for it, the law would have worked. But we need a savior from we needed a savior from the law to get us out of that system. And so this new life, this new creation that Jesus died for us to have is incredible. He said about repent earlier. Oh my God. Repent. <sighs> Yeah. You know, my nervous breakdown, like I have some compassion for mental illness that I never understood. Nobody should live like that. Nobody should live in torment like that. And, uh, and, whoa, whoa. Whoa. <sighs> Jesus paid a high price to get his mind into us. He's given us the mind of Christ. And the world is longing to get out of depression and fear and anxiety. And you can't have the mind of Christ and be in fear at the same time. You can't be in depression and have the mind of Christ at the same time. You can't worry about your life and have the mind of Christ at the same time. You are in joy when you have the mind of Christ. You are at peace when you have the mind of Christ. Peace is so powerful. I would rather have peace than all the finances in the world. <laughs> and until you're at that place, does anybody understand anxiety a little bit? Anybody know what I'm talking about when I talk about anxiety? Yeah. <laughs> when you understand that and you taste peace for the first time, it is it is so valuable, and you'll do anything and everything to have it and keep it. And Jesus died to get his spirit into us. Two years ago, when this thing started building up, the Lord said, I want you to know what you believe and believe it. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He said, I'd rather you believe something that's not true and actually believe it because then at least you're not unstable in all of your ways. And the Lord said, I want you to throw yourself into my story. And he said, I want you to get out of your story and throw yourself into my story. Fall in love with the Bible 
and find out what happened at the cross. And when you believe it, warfare will fall off of your life. And I'm like, whoa, because at that time, it's all about warfare, you know. It's like 90% of our, of our conversations. <laughs> What's the enemy doing? Jesus said it in Revelation that he blessed the church that didn't know the deep secrets of Satan. He said to the pure, all things are pure. Did you know that in your purity and in your peace, you have the power to purify everything that you do? <laughs> everything that you do. Because you're there redeeming it, you're purifying it. That goes for everything in your life. Do you know what you carry? And so um, I was just so uh, I, I was just so taken out by the enemy. I'm telling you, there's like this warfare, that warfare, this warfare, that warfare. And, um, and the Lord said, I, know, I want you to know what you believe and believe it. And so I threw myself into the word. And my life has so dramatically changed, Brett. This is why I'm so excited. Everything that you were saying today is exactly what I'm teaching. Oh, we have to communicate the gospel. There is a difference between teaching and preaching because everything in me wants to scream right now. I want to shout. I want to scream. I want to run around. I want to jump up and down. But what I want even more than that is to teach the word <laughs> that understanding would come. Jesus prayed that their minds would be opened up, that they would understand the scriptures. And some of this encountering God that's happening all the time is literally the word coming in here, touching us and opening up our minds to understand the scripture. When Brett said, uh, about the word repent, you know, we are getting free. We're getting free from some of this stuff. I mean, I knew what repent meant. Repent meant I am a sinner. I am horrible. I'm a terrible person, and I need to be up at the altar repenting about how terrible I am. Hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. This being transformed by the renewing of our mind is getting the mind of God into us. In the old, he said that we don't know that God's ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. His everything about God is separate from us. But the New Testament is now God is in us and there is no separation and he's put his mind in us that we can actually have the thoughts of God. What happens? What happens? What happens? When we actually start believing the thoughts of God. What happens when you actually start believing what God says? The Lord told me there's a difference between faith and belief. Faith is a gift. It's given from God. You can't do it in yourself. <laughs> I have to faith it. I have to I in faith believe it, but I really don't believe it. I believe it in faith. <laughs> it's a gift from God. But what happens when faith turns into believing? <laughs> I actually believe the gospel. I actually believe what God says about me. I actually believe that I'm the righteousness of God. I actually believe that I'm pure. I actually believe that I'm holy. I actually believe that as he is, so am I in this world. Do you know what the world is longing for? They're not looking for Jesus to come back. 
The whole creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God on the earth. They're looking for Christ in us. What happens when they walk in here and the manifestation of God is here through us? He's irresistible. He's irresistible. <laughs> when transfiguration starts happening and I look at bread, and all of a sudden bread disappears and I'm seeing the Spirit of God. I'm having an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ in community, in the body. I'm having communion with God when I receive bread in the Spirit. Me seeing bread in the Spirit is the answer to bread's healing because I'm seeing rightly. Me seeing the prostitute in the Spirit has the power to heal the prostitute because I'm seeing rightly. This is how Jesus sees us. He sees himself, and he wants us to see himself in each other. He comes into Galilee preaching the good news of the gospel, and he says the time is now. That right now time is not just mercies being new every morning. That time right now is any moment of every day that you turn to the Lord and step into the Spirit, you have access that everything Jesus died for you to have. You have grace at any moment of every day. You have mercy. Do you know what grace means? You get what you don't deserve. <laughs> Talking about good news. Talking about the goodness of God. Do you know what mercy means? You don't get what you do deserve. <laughs> and I have access to that at any moment of every day. And do you know what that does? It doesn't give me a license to stay stuck in the same and stuck in my sins. That transforms me on the inside. How, how can I not give away when I've received grace? I can give it away because I've received it. How can I not give away mercy when I've received so much mercy? I don't want to see Nancy Pelosi burning in hell. I don't want to see Biden burning in hell. I don't want to see Obama burning in hell. I don't want to see Bin Laden burning in hell. I want to see the same mercy and grace touch my life, touch their life. I want the heart of Jesus that says, forgive them. They truly don't know what they're doing. They truly don't know. We don't even know what's demonic and what's not when it's us. <laughs> when it's us, I don't know when it's a demon. That demon is not them. Until the very last second that they have the ability to call on God, I want to believe for their salvation and call it out of them. Do you know what I'm saying? Jesus said, the time is now. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the good news. This repentance isn't that repentance that I always thought it was. That repentance kept me stuck in my shame. 
that repentance, right, Brett? Right, Brett? Because there's no pain like shame pain. And when your identity is sinner saved by grace, you'll never get out of it. You'll never get out of it. That pain will keep being numbed by pornography. That shame will keep being numbed by drugs and affairs and addictions and afflictions. That pain is so painful, but Jesus died to take our shame. He took our pain to give us a brand new identity and access to the resource of heaven. I said, God, don't let me get out of COVID until COVID has changed me. Don't let me get out of my situation until my, that situation has changed me. Oh, our prayers are, get me out of my situation. Hey, I don't see those prayers in the Bible. They prayed, give me mercy. Come on, they're talking about the excellencies of God in prison. They were praying, get me out of here. I don't want out of my situation. I'll tell you what changes my situation. Me changed. Me changed changes my situation. Why? Because us unchanged, we go around the mountain again and again and again. You'll make it to heaven, but you won't see much of heaven on earth again and again. I'm tired of people around me that I love, myself, my family, staying stuck. <laughs> he paid a high price for that. So, so I want to give you my holy how. <laughs> can I, can I, here, can I give this to you? I'm pretty sure we stepped into eternity the moment we got saved, so. We've been fasting all week, so everybody, welcome to the fast. Um. <laughs> You see it filtered throughout the whole Bible, through the writings of Paul, through the epistles, through the, the gospels. There's a vision that talks about, you know, the end and where God's taking us. Jesus said, I, knew, I know where I've come from and I know where I'm going. And it says that without vision, people perish. Now, see, I'm all about natural vision, church building buying buildings and people and natural vision. And along with natural vision, we absolutely must get caught up into the vision of God because God has a vision. The Bible, from Revelation to Genesis, you can't understand Genesis without understanding Revelation. You can't understand Revelation without understanding Genesis. And when we get the whole picture, he says, lo, I come. 
in the volume of the book, it's written about me. I've come to do your will, O God. A body you have prepared for me. A body you have prepared for me. My whole life now is about the Bible in three points. The whole Bible is about Jesus. Say, the whole Bible is about Jesus. The whole Bible is about Jesus. Second point, it's about what he did. (laughs) And third point, what that means for us. The whole Bible is about Jesus. It's about what he did. It's never about what you do. It's about what you do with what he has done. <laughs> oh, 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 Beautiful believer. I spent an afternoon learning how to do a stick figure running man. Now I can do it. Right there. Right there. <laughs> That's my stick figure running man. Because I have a race to run. And you have a race to run. Get out of my lane. <laughs> you don't want to be in my lane. <laughs> I don't want to be in your lane. Hey, God, he, I, I, I demolish comparison in Jesus' name. I demolish it, bread. There's no reason to compare yourself to somebody else. Just get in your own lane. The Lord said to me one time, he said, he said, Bo, don't, you know, forget about the healed people <laughs> or the people that think they're healed. They're never going to understand you. Get in your lane. You're called to the sick. But the sick people, they're going to love you. The broken people, they're going to love you. Mentally ill people, they're going to love you. You're going to be life to them. And I'm going to give you keys, setting you free. And, you know, we're going to do this thing together that the whole body steps into the purposes of God. And the whole body steps into God's plans and purpose that has to do with with, uh, the body and our bodies. I just want to, I want to read this one thing. I have a, I have a, I have a, oh, I'm going to read that too. Brett, I'm telling you, I'm going to go long. Is that okay? I'm going to go long. Praise God for eternity. <laughs> look at all, you have to see all my notes and pictures. I, I draw like these little pictures that look like, and you know, this is me and God. I'm not doing this for you. <laughs> now, now I am. But at home, this is just my relationship with God. And so in season, out of season, when Brett says go, I'm ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. We're ready, right? I'm just going to, I'm going to read this purpose because I'm so passionate about it. And then I'm going to get into this section of my study guide. That is one point that I felt like the Lord said, this is for today. Um, 
if you want me to do all this, you're going to have to have me come back. Because there's a lot here. Yeah, there's a lot here. All right. Oh, you guys did that fasting thing. Hey, I had brisket with Brett. BB. Brett's brisket. <laughs> the first time I was here, Brett, that brisket was cooking at midnight. And the smells were coming into the house. All night long, I'm dreaming of heaven and brisket <laughs> and family. You know, Jesus reclined with them. He reclined with the sinners, just like Brett was saying. And so that scripture verse that I was tying into, Mark 1.14, it says Jesus came into the Galilee. He said, the time is now. Repent and believe the gospel. That word repent there means get your mind changed. Change your mind. Change the way you think about yourself, because that's the giant in the land. The giant is, how do you see yourself? How do you see other people? That's the giant. And so he changes us by the renewing of our mind. We get our minds changed, and that is the biblical repentance. And I just have this picture of, like, Brett in his house, where you guys are eating brisket together, reclining, and Jesus sat with the sinners he sat with the prostitutes. He sat with, you know, those from the highways and the byways and invited them, you know. Uh, he, he sat with the mentally ill and communicated, this is truth himself, communicating truth until repentance happens. He talked with them until they changed their mind. <laughs> sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes it's not. I've found that in the it's not things, there's gold there. God's creating new pathways in your brain to cause you to start thinking differently. It says his words were full of spirit and full of life. <laughs> when I was worshiping, I lost it because... Today's my daughter's birthday. I celebrated it Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. <laughs> I'm celebrating it tonight when I get home. And next weekend's her party. <laughs> but, like, she was going to come out this weekend, but then it didn't work out. And, um, and the, Lord, the Lord said, um, he said, it's my daughter's birthday, too. Because on my way out here, I start feeling that, like, oh, I'm not going to be there to tell her happy birthday when she wakes up. And he and he and I saw myself saying happy birthday to her. And I saw the Lord saying happy birthday to us. It's been a Christmas miracle to understand the meaning of Jesus Christ being born. Changed everything. We think some of these greats brought reformation, but you know what? Jesus Christ brought reformation. Jesus Christ brought a total turnaround. <laughs> what his birth, burial, and resurrection did changed my life. <laughs> At the cross, he saw my face and he said, I've got to go through so that Bo could make it. <laughs> he went through so that you could make it. And, uh, you know, we are the daughters of Zion. We are the bride. We are the father's daughter. 
And uh, when I saw my daughter, and he said, it's my daughter's birthday too, he said, speak to them gently. Speak to them tenderly because I care. I care about their hearts the way you care about your daughter's heart. I care about my church. When he said, I care about my church, I saw the Lord going into the churches, lighting lamps and lighting candles, and I saw lights being turned on. He said, I care about my church. I care about my church. If you've got an offense in your heart about the church, you better deal with it because it's not okay to spread your germs about the one whom God loves, the one whom Jesus loves. Don't you spread your offenses. I hate that. I had a big offense, Brett, because I had a dream. In the dream, I was angry. I was angry in the dream. And I was demanding that all of the prophets that wrote books about the end and it didn't happen, I was demanding that they give their money back to God's people. And I said, how many times? Y2K, it's the end of the world. Making millions on books, and it doesn't happen. I was saying, you have destroyed the image of the church, and you've made us look like idiots, and I'm so mad at you. Give me your money back. I want my money back. I was so mad, Brett. I was so mad. Doom and gloom, and I mean, I just like, I was so mad. It's not okay. And the Lord took me into another part of the dream where I'm in a circus, and I'm taking all that anger, and there's all the prophets that wrote all the wrong stuff, and they're in the sink tank, and I have my baseball. And the Lord said, go ahead and throw it. And I'm about to throw this baseball and sink them into the sink tank with all my anger. And all those prophets turned into my daughter. And you know what? You know what changed in me? Condemnation turned into, it's okay, baby. Keep prophesying. It's okay, baby. Go again. Do it again. It's okay, baby. Like, don't give up. Keep stepping out. You know, I'm not prophesying dates and mates. <laughs> I'm, not prophe- I'm not stepping out prophesying these things. He's like, see the faith. See the gold. I love my prophets. So I repented, went up to the altar. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> then he's patting me on the back. You know, we really have to watch our hurt as we're ordaining people. Sending them out. God loves the church. I was in another encounter, and, um, I, and I felt the presence of God on my chest, and my heart start beating so fast, and I said, what is this? What is this? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go into an encounter. What is this? And he said, don't look. And I said, don't look at what? And whew, I was in a, a wedding scene where I was up at the altar, and the bride was about to come down the aisle. And he said, don't even look at her until your heart beats for her the way my heart beats for her. Don't even look at her until you see her the way I see her. It's a big deal. Fear of God came on me. 
All right. So, I'm just going to read this purpose to what's your, your noodle? Whistle? What's your whistle? I'm going to read this purpose because this, this is the love of my life here. Okay. I personally believe with all of my heart that following Jesus and understanding his word leads to a place of being untouchable to the liar. I hate the liar. I hate listening to the liar. I hate my friends that listen to the liar. I call him liar because that's all he is. <laughs> that's all the power that he has is to speak a lie. And if you believe it, you gave him the power. That's how the truth works. It comes to set us free. The truth works in opposition to the liar. And I, I really believe that the Lord is saying untouchables. That there's a people that, and you know, they, they, they so are in the truth and so know the truth that it doesn't matter what lie comes to them. They're overcoming it. That there's a time and a season for the overcomers to overcome everything that the liar throws at them. And that we are untouchable to every external thing. I loved what Brett was touching on because, see, we love external and it's good. Listen. Guys, when God does an external thing called revival, outpouring of the spirit, presence of God in church, this is everything. We live for the presence of God. But I'll tell you what, no dry atmosphere is going to change me. <laughs> no demonic warfare atmosphere is going to change the greater is he that's in me, that he that's in that demonic atmosphere. I don't care what witch whack or war walk. <laughs> witch whack, war walk. Come on. Bring them Jesus. The Lord said the only witches you need to worry about are the witches of Galatians. Who has bewitched you? You started out in the flesh. You started out in the spirit. Now you're trying to work it out in the flesh. We are moved by external things when God has put his internal presence of God. That's why our bodies are so amazing. Our bodies house God. Nothing else in this world can house God except for our bodies. Us together house the Holy Spirit, and that is an internal thing. And, you know, the moment revival strikes, I'm going. It's what, it's what God is doing. God does external things, but it's not my hope. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I don't need some external thing to bring me into another level. I have everything that God did at the cross as a testimony on the inside of this temple. And so, this is going to be bad. <laughs> and so we have, we have the holy of holies, right? We have the inner court, and we have the outer court. This is uh, spirit, soul, and body. What happened at the cross, the presence of God, say presence. Presence of God resided in the holy of holies. That's where the testimonies were. And now the testimony of Christ in us is, is inside us. Do you know what that means? 
He's not going to stop until your testimony becomes his testimony. Until my testimony becomes his testimony. There's no separation. And so we got the rod that budded. We've got the bread. We've got the presence of God. When Jesus died, that veil, the disconnect between the presence of God and people, this is the separation. You could only go in there once a year if you were perfect. <laughs> if you had no sin in you, only once a year. And, you know, they did that rope thing because most of them probably died because there was some sin found. And Jesus at the cross, when he gave up the, when he gave his spirit into the hands of the Father, it says that the earth quaked and the veil was torn. This is news above all news, where that separated presence of God, separated by the veil, was torn. That was his body, was torn. And now the presence of God was able to come out of that holy place into the inner courts. And God says, not just whosoever can come, but whosoever can come, can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can go whoever, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a priest. You know, you don't have to be perfect. Whosoever believes can come into that place because that veil was torn. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, the inner court, the outer court, but this is our spirit, soul, and body. Can I have a, um, yeah, here we go. Oh, do you have an eraser? This is, this is absolutely perfect. Okay, so in, you guys, are you bearing with me? Okay. All right. I'm going to finish reading this first. When we understand the Bible, the truth enters us and sets us free. Understanding the Bible brings the kingdom and healing into your in entire internal world. This study guide will help us in that understanding. Nothing changes without understanding. Understanding the volume of the book, rightfully dividing the word, and understanding where we have come from and where we're going is the going power to take us into the life that Jesus died for us to have. <laughs> oh, my God, where's that skinny, where's that dude? You. Oh, my God, I heard the Lord say, my son. The Lord called you his son, and I saw the Lord touching your mind. I saw him touching your head, and I saw him breathing on you, and I saw the presence and the power of God going into your mind and into your thoughts and into your body, and the Lord did call you an overcomer, and he said that there are things that you're going to overcome that have never been overcome before. The Lord said you're a breaker. You're a forerunner. And you're a breakthrough for other people that, that, that in your life you're going to see things that the greats of old have longed to see. Your life is significant. You are important. And the Lord said, I love you. I love you, my son. I love you, my son. Yeah, and there's revelation that God has for you. And he says, come get it, baby. Come get it, son. Come get it. I got a word of life for you. <laughs> I've got a word of life for you. All right, so, uh, um, <laughs> so 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, revealed, that he might destroy the works of the devil, the liar. 
Jesus came to bring truth to every place in us that we've been believing lies. And as the truth sets us free, we get transformed and now have major purpose. Like, uh, like Jesus, we too get to destroy the works of the devil. I feel like God has given me a heart like Paul. I feel like God has given Brad and Mama a heart like Paul. Uh, when he says in Galatians 19 or 419, my dear children, for whom I'm again in pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I want to see Christ formed in me and everyone around me. I want to see the war in our heads cease because the only thoughts left are the thoughts that God has towards us and ourselves and our, uh, towards the world around us. Only understanding the true word of life can bring that about. Uh, it's time to get transfigured. <laughs> My prayer for us in this study is Luke 24, 45. Then he opened up their minds to understand the scriptures. And so that's the basis of the whole, of the whole study guide. God is not schizophrenic. God did not change his mind. God's not nuts. The problem is when we read and study the word, we do it with our natural mind. And he said the natural mind cannot perceive the things of God. We have listened to theologians that aren't even filled with the spirit that have taught us the word of God. <laughs> How can they possibly understand the word of God without the spirit of God, without God who is word? He is the word. You can understand the scriptures. But he says, you know, they, they understand the scriptures uh, for in them, what does it say? Uh, they, they testify of me. You know the scriptures, but it's the scriptures that testify about me. So memorizing the thing doesn't do it. Listening to somebody doesn't do it. It takes God. <laughs> Led by the Spirit. God well, used to wake me up at 2.22 in the morning. I couldn't learn from anybody because I had dyslexia, learning disabilities. I couldn't learn. I couldn't read. I never could read. Uh, and, and God woke me up at 2.22 every morning to teach me the word himself. And, uh, and my dyslexia would be healed as soon as the sunlight came up. I couldn't read again. And I couldn't learn again from anybody except from God. Only God could teach me. <laughs> he said, I put my truth in you to teach you all things. <laughs> The, 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 the marking of the new covenant, Jeremiah 31, 31, is they will no longer need a teacher, for God himself will teach us. I always, I always say, like, Brett's here to teach you that you don't need a teacher. <laughs> We're here to teach you that you don't need us. You actually don't. You got God. Healthy needs are amazing. Unhealthy needs produce unhealthy church and codependency. We don't need that no more. We don't need that no more. <laughs> so I'm going to give you some two twos because we have a race to run. Hebrew, uh, Habakkuk 2 twos says, get the vision, write it down, make it plain so that the hearer can run their race. And my desire is that I could do something in some clear way because the one who's amazing at connection is in me. <laughs> I can't do it, but he can. He could communicate everything that's needed in this room.
But if the hearer hears it and understands, the secondary consequence is now you run your race. <laughs> you have a race. Hebrews 12.2 says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. That's the race I want to be in. That's the race I want to see you in. And so in dividing the word, we must. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12 that the word is sharper than two double-edged sword. It has the power to rightfully divide the word spirit and soul, right? And so God's not schizophrenic when he says, if you say you're without sin, you're a liar. And then over here he says, you are the righteousness of God. Well, what is it? Am I a sinner or am I ain't a sinner? It depends on dividing the word and understanding what they're talking what what it's talking about in those scriptures and so i have this happy guy here that isn't going anywhere spirit right he says he who is joined with the lord is one with him in spirit and the lord said you don't have a, a spirit you are a spirit. This is good news. Why? Because this body may or may not conk out. And my passion is, I'm tired of our bodies keeping us stuck. I'm tired of death at work in our bodies. I'm tired of pain in our bodies. I'm, so I'm tired of my friends dying because of their bodies. Jesus died that we could live. And death will be swallowed up by life. But if your body does conk out, guess who doesn't die? You. Because you are not your soul, and you are not your body. You are spirit. <laughs> and now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and we're being transformed into the very same image. He who turns to the Lord, what happens? The veil's removed. You can turn to the Lord at any second of every day, of any situation. You turn to the Lord, and that separation is removed, and you're now one with him. And the word that you're looking at becomes the word, and instead of reading the Bible through a lens of shame, you're reading it through a lens of there is therefore now no separation. No separation, neither in height nor debt nor anything in all of creation, neither angels nor demons nor the present nor the past can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. When you look at the, at the word, you're seeing what you're becoming. But you got to know Jesus paid the price that what you're becoming, you already are. <laughs> It's the lie from the beginning. Yeah, they ate the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil so that they would become like God, and they were already like God. <laughs> they were already made in his image, and they ate the fruit so that they could become who they already are. It's the same today. <laughs> Did you know that who you are in God is his original intent? 
before the foundation of the world. You in Christ, in your Christ identity, is who you always were before you ever believed a lie from the evil one. And so, and so the Lord said, are, that there's a big difference. Everybody say are, have, big difference, big difference, soul, body, you are spirit, you have, have a soul. You may have a disease, but you are not a disease. You may have bad behavior, but you are not bad behavior. You may have homosexual thoughts, but you are not a homosexual. The Lord came to me with a shirt on that said, I am Democrat. I don't think it was literal. <laughs> It's not literal, but the Lord was messing with my mind. <laughs> he loves to mess with our minds. And he said, Bo, I'm jealous over I am statements. Republican is not an identity. Pastor is not an identity. Democrat is not an identity. What you have is not an identity. But Jesus died to give you his identity freely. And so, you are spirit. You are the righteousness. I have these verses down for you so that you can go into these verses. There's a beautiful verse I have in your study guide. It's in Hebrews. It says, I have forever perfected those who are being made perfect. I'm telling you, this is the answer to anybody struggling in addiction. I'm surrounded by people stuck in pornography, addiction. The answer is the gospel. Rightfully dividing the word and getting the hell out of shame and getting shame in the back into hell where it belongs. God's turning shame pain into champagne. And so we are the righteousness of God, da-da-da-da-da. We are perfect. The spirit is perfect. There is nothing about our, your spirit does not need transformed. But the Lord said, you never identify with what you have. You only identify with who you are. And so in your thinking, if it's not true about Jesus, it's not true about you. If it's true about Jesus, it is true about you. Because he died to give you himself to become one with him. This could feel like heresy. <laughs> Jesus got persecuted for saying the same type of stuff. I am the son of God. I didn't, I, I caught it. I caught what you said about him. Yeah, I, that was me for in the spirit. But when we know where we've come from and we get this and we know where we're going, where we're going is the full measure, the full stature of Christ. Where we're going is what's true in the spirit manifesting on earth in our soul and our body. Because just like the temple and the holy of holies, what, what is true in the spirit transforms 
what we believe in our soul and what we actually believe is what manifests out our body. If someone scares me and I go, you saw that fear. <laughs> I got triggered, and what my soul actually believes is what came out. But as God, as God puts us in this race, we're from perfection, and, and this is it, because we're not working for anything anymore. We're working from. We're not fasting for God. We're fast because of God. We're up here working from there. Paul said, by God's grace, I worked harder than all of you. <laughs> Does that mean we sit around and do nothing? No. That means we're working harder than any, anybody and everybody, but we're doing it from a different place, right? That means in rest, that is where you're going, is rest. You guys will be able to do more, and they'll look at you and be like, how are they doing all of that? They're just laying on the, <laughs> they're just singing. <laughs> they're just singing, and they're accomplishing way more than anybody else. What is that? What is that? That's God coming and being God and doing what only God can do. And so um, this, have, this, is, this is so big to understand this because we only identify with what's true in the spirit. But we wage war with facts. So when the diagnosis of cancer comes, we don't put it in a box of, I'm not going to look at it, I'm not going to look at it, I'm going to look at it. Abraham said, I face facts that my body, uh, you know, my body's as good as dead. But he believed God, right? We don't face facts. I mean, we don't not face facts and call it faith. That's actually denial. I'm not going to look at my bank account. I'm not going to look at my bank account. The money's there. The money's there. No, look at your bank account and deal with the fear. <laughs> And get to know me as provider and that I'm the God of miracles. Oh, man, mom. It's so exciting, the God of miracles. What do you have to fear about your future when you're in a relationship with the God of miracles? The same way he had provision for me for the past 10 years, he's going to have provision for the next 10 years. Whether my roof caves in, whether I need a new this or that, he is provider and he does miracles that is so exciting. Do you know what that means? You can take a risk and do something you've never done before. You can, you can hear God and not be afraid because all the things you're afraid of, God wants to actually meet you there and set you free from these fears so that you can actually become all that he died for you to become. Oh, he says if you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. You'll die in your life. <laughs> But if you let go of your life, you'll find the life that Jesus died for you to have. Oh, my God. In that is churches and visions and, you know, oh, my God, businesses starting and new ideas and new life and new dreaming again. And he's going to meet you there. <laughs> you don't even have to fear mistakes. I've actually learned, like, I get excited about mistakes. <laughs> I don't even fear making mistakes anymore because I have more faith in God's ability to work everything for my good than I have faith in me getting it right to begin with. I'm not that good. <laughs> I love it. I love going for accuracy, but when accuracy becomes an idol and a track record, wah, 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 you're going backwards. <laughs> 
I have more faith in just stepping out and believing and messing it all up and watching God take my mess and make it into something beautiful. And it's totally him. Right? Romans 8 says that we wait for the redemption of our bodies. In the full measure, the full stature of Christ, which is in all of the all of the the Bible, it's everywhere. They talked about it. This is where we're going. Six 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 is uh, is two three. It's point point whatever. Point six 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 is two thirds. Your salvation. See, they never told me that my soul wasn't saved. I thought when I got saved, my soul was saved. But the Bible says the end of your faith is the salvation of your soul. Philippians says, and we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so our spirit is perfected, but our soul and body is not perfected. <laughs> He's, we are working out our faith. We're working out our salvation in fear and trembling. But when you put some scripture here and then some scripture here and you don't know what you're talking about, you, look, you make God look silly. God has a plan. He has a vision. He says, though it may tarry, wait for it. It talks about the end. He says, in the fullness of time. He says that uh, uh, th there will be times of refreshing until the restoration of all things. That's some exciting areas to dabble in with God. What I believe that means is everything that Jesus died for, we're going to see manifesting in the people of God, which means our bodies will be transformed. <sighs> And we'll start manifesting transfiguration like never, ever before. He says, until the morning star arises in our hearts. Jesus was transfigured on that mountain. And he says, now you would do well to take heed of this word until, until, until that morning star arises. And there's so much agreement in you with the word of God, not just hearing, but actually believing transfiguration happens. I know when someone's a believing believer, you see it in their eyes. They actually believe. You actually believe. And when it comes out of our body, like Stephen, it doesn't even matter if the stones are being thrown at us. Our face looks like the face of an Even when the words are coming, even when the pain comes, even when the nails come and we're dying with him in this transfiguration process, the Lord said, this is the sufferings of Christ, your soul and body being transformed into what's already true in the spirit. You don't even enter the kingdom without many trials and tribulations. Flesh and blood can't even enter the kingdom. You can't even see the kingdom until you're born again. But what is this born-again experience? I didn't know. <laughs> I thought it was all about warfare. <laughs> I'll tell you what the warfare is. What do you believe? <laughs> That's it. What do you actually believe? Well, you know what scares me? The this, this scary thing to me is, is if you believe all that, it's actually true to you. And it has power if you believe it. That's the only power the, li the liar has, is what you believe of him. And so God has to get into our mind and into our thoughts. And we only, we only identify 
with who I am in God and who he is in us. Doesn't matter what we have. What we have is being transformed into who we are. You never identify in your mind with what you have. Does that mean that it's okay to go and live however way you want? No. Does it mean sin is okay? No. May it never be. But his grace and his mercy will transform us to where our behaviors change. And our behaviors actually start looking like his behaviors. <laughs> where, where what comes out of us <laughs> starts to look like him. <laughs> That's what the world wants. They don't need a good message. They don't need a church, whatever. They need us transformed. We're saying, God, transform them. God's saying, no, I'm transforming you. We put our posts up about them <laughs> separating ourselves from the very people that God's called us to love and connect with. I believe the Lord said that he's releasing faith for transfiguration. And that when you fully I identify with everything that he paid for and get into a group and a community of people, that also believe with you for transformation, transfiguration, that there will be faith to see this manifest. You know, it says they never would have crucified the Lord of glory had they known he was going to die and multiply himself. <laughs> they killed one. <laughs> that one went into the ground, and now there's little Christ ones running around. Being Christ everywhere. <laughs> they never would have crucified him had they known that thing was going to go into us like a seed. The word of God has the power, the entrance of, no, um, the salvation of our soul. The word of God implanted is the salvation of our soul. And so the word does the work. The word goes into us. And I felt like God said, Bo, you're speaking to mature believers that, you know, as much as we love hands laid on and chakabakalaka, we love it all. We love it all. But he said it's high time to wake up to who you are. Praise God when we get all the good hands laid on. <laughs> we don't need it, though. We got God. Praise God when he does these things. But understanding what Jesus has done has the power to mature us into what the world is longing to see in the church. It's a city set on a hill. It's a temple. It's the body. And um, it's the body of Christ. So I'm going to stop there, but I want to pray. Do I want to add anything else? So this right here is the race. We're running from what's already been done. But the transformation for our soul and for our body is where the Lord is taking us. The restoration of all things, which is the redemption of the body. He says in Romans 8 that, um, that the adoption to sonship is 
the redemption of the body. My body got a miracle. My dad's body got a miracle. My dad had um, a massive heart attack, nine uh, a stroke, and nine seizures. Or nine strokes, a seizure, and a heart attack. He was dead. And the Lord brought him back to life. The Lord Jesus put his life in him. And my dad went backwards 40 years. He got a teenager body. He didn't deserve it. My mom said, hey, 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 I'm following you, Jesus. I deserve the miracle. And I go, oh, 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 oh. She said, he's a heathen. I'm like, oh. As if our behaviors qualify us. That's the, that's the point. If you think your behaviors disqualify you, you also believe your behaviors qualify you. And guess what that is? It's religion. It's evil. Jesus died to set us free from that system. Heaven is and always will be a free gift that Jesus paid for. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.